All right, let's hit the field. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the chills thinking about my first start in Yankee Stadium, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's hard to put into words. It's something that I can't wait to feel, to be honest with you, in the moment. It is January 18th, and Marcus Stroman met the media for the first time as a member of the New York Yankees. Plus, rumor has it that the Yankees are done making additions to their rotation. Plus, we got your voicemails coming up next. This is an off-season episode of NYY Recaps. Welcome to Yankee Stadium. Just when they thought I was out, they pull me back in. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Let's go. It's been uh, almost a week since I did a podcast on uh, Saturday night with Ken Rosenthal. Thank you to everyone who tuned in between the live show and the clip from it. We got almost 50,000, maybe over 50,000 views now. So you guys are definitely interested in that. And I thank you. Uh, But not a lot has been going on in the Yankees off-season world lately. In fact, nothing has really been going on in baseball in general. I mean, the off-season seems like it's come to kind of a a standstill as there's the uh, battle between the agents and the players, or sorry, the agents and the players and the owners uh, to get the last dollar. But today we did have some noteworthy things to talk about. First of all, Marcus Stroman, Met the media for the first time as a Yankee. Um, Look, the guy seems excited to be a Yankee to me, and that's what I want. He seems more excited than some of our other bigger ticket free agents in the past. And if you look at him as a potential replacement for what you got from Domingo Herman, I think it's a solid pickup. Now, he's not going to be as good as Yamamoto would have been, but he you know, can be solid. And he's a New York guy. We got some interesting voicemails about him, and I'll get to those in a second. But first, I want to say that I miss those in-person press conferences. I miss them. Seeing the guy get up there and hold his jersey. Is there another pandemic going on that I, I didn't hear about, somebody didn't tell me about? Can we not all get together in a room? Is it too much to have you know, the agent and the player and the owner all in the same room for the ceremonial photograph, holding up the picture of the, the O? And by the way, Zero, I've learned, is not a number. So when we say that Stroman wears number zero, we're actually technically incorrect. He's wearing the letter O. But, uh, yeah, same thing with Juan Soto. Like, he's one of the top three acquisitions this winter. You know, Shohei, Yamamoto, and Soto. And Yamamoto and uh, Shohei both got press conferences. Why not Soto? He's, He's a superstar. I think that there's a lot of things that George Steinbrenner would have had a problem with with this organization in recent years, but failing to break out the red carpet for Juan Soto is something I think he would find particularly off-brand, and that's easy for me to say, particularly off-brand. Stroman did say today that he feels like Juan Soto is the best hitter he's ever faced, and I just wanted to remind him that Aaron Judge does exist. 21. High drive, deep left field. He's done it again. No downer to left. That is very gone. You don't know what pain is. Just wanted to remind him, and I made it full screen so he could see, 
that Aaron Judge hit one 496 feet off of him as a rookie. So in case you're watching, Marcus, I like you, but I had to refresh your memory. So uh, welcome to the Yankees, but that ball was smoked. That thing needed a flight attendant. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over here, like, winning. But nonetheless, uh, Marcus, I am rooting for you. And I think you'll do well. If you don't change your game, just keep throwing ground balls. Don't try and strike everybody out. Throw the sinker. Keep the ball in the ballpark. If you have a bad day, be accountable. And by the way, as fans, we should be accountable too. We should be good fans and give this guy a chance to earn our respect and to change our opinions if we have a negative opinion on him. I I, I don't necessarily. Don't boo him at the first sign of trouble. Don't look for a fight. I mean, everybody struggles from time to time, and he's going to struggle. Don't boo him when he comes out for introductory press or introductory, uh, I guess, introductions at Yankee Stadium on opening day or home opener, at least. He's a sensitive guy. We know that because of how he responds on Twitter. Let's let him get acclimated and maybe he can do some things for him, for us. But uh, welcome to the Yankees. And I do think he will pitch well. I do think he will pitch well. So, anyway. That's all I have to say about that. Lori C. says, he's a Yankee now, and I'm rooting for him. Uh, Mark Francis says, zero is a placeholder. I've never heard anyone say it better. A unique way of looking at it. That is interesting. I like that. Uh, So Brian Cashman also met with the media today, and he had some interesting things to say. He said that Carlos Rodon voluntarily reported to Tampa and looks really good, which I'm encouraged by. I doubt he would tell us if Rodon looked really bad, but Cashman also said that he's optimistic that he can return to form which I'm sure I don't have to tell you would be humongous for the Yankees. Humongous. He also said that Giancarlo Stanton is in a really good place. He changed his diet and his off-season conditioning, and he has lost some weight, and he's trying to get back to being one of the most feared hitters in baseball. And I've said this many times. I'll believe it when I see it, but that would also be huge for the Yankees. Cashman also said, Jason Dominguez is doing really well, and that his ETA is sometime in the summer, which we already knew. But he did say that the Yankees are going to need him whenever he's ready. And that tells you that they're probably not going to send him back down to AAA when he was ready, like I've been saying. I figured it would get him some more reps. And it sounds like that's not going to be the case. Cashman said when he's ready and healthy, he's back. Uh, Brian Hoke put out a tweet today in which he said the Yankees feel their rotation is set. And their next focus will be the bullpen. We've heard Hector Neris's name thrown out there. Bulldog reliever, workhorse kind of guy, great splitter. Started throwing the four-seam more this year with the Astros. 1.72 ERA. FIP was a little bit higher, so that might be a little bit lucky. Um, I'm told the Yankees are definitely involved in him. He's looking for three years, $50 million, if you believe the rumors. I'm not sure he's going to get that much. I'm looking for three years, $50 million too. John Heyman also said he wouldn't rule out that Josh Hader comes to the Yankees. In my opinion, Hader's the nastiest relief pitcher in baseball. He's a hunting, fishing kind of guy, so I'm not sure he wants to come to New York City. Not a lot of deer to hunt in New York City. Uh, but he reportedly wants to beat 
the Edwin Diaz contract of five years, $102 million. Who doesn't? And once again, that appears to be the hangup because, you know, the Yankees just don't spend with reckless abandon like they used to. So as Cashman has been prone to say, it appears like the heavy lifting is over. So we can begin to project the lineup and the starting rotation. Let's pull up the uh, graphic and take a look. Uh, the other voices says Yanks are over $300 million. No more signings, perhaps. Maybe a trade. We'll see. So here's how I've got the lineup and the rotation and the bench set up so far. So Torres probably going to lead off. Soto in the number two hole. Judge in center field in the number three hole. Rizzo batting fourth at first base. Came out today. He is 100% cleared. Again, believe it when I see it. Stanton, DH, Verdugo, left field. LeMahieu at third base. Wells behind the dish and Volpe at shortstop. Uh, bench would be Trevino, Grisham, Peraza, and Cabrera. Peraza uh, probably ready to be a starter in the major leagues, and you'd have to imagine he's the first guy you go to if somebody gets hurt. Cabrera, more of that utility guy. He looks like he's in great shape. Saw him taking uh, BP with Glaber Torres and Aaron Judge on Glaber Torres' uh, uh, YouTube channel. So, Rotation as it stands, Garrett Cole, obviously your number one, your American League Cy Young Award winner last year, 2.63 ERA, 15-4 record. As long as he's healthy, you know what you're going to get from Garrett Cole. Number two, apparently, is going to be Carlos Rodon. We heard that last year. Where have we heard that before? Uh, last year, just a very tough year, 6.85 ERA, 3-8 record. You only get one chance to make a, a good first impression, and he did not make a good first impression with the Yankees fans last year. So, you know, I want to see him bounce back, but I'll believe it when I see it. The last time I watched him, he was giving up eight runs in the first inning, and he had a 91-mile-an-hour fastball. So, you know, we'll see. Stroman probably slots in at the number three spot in the rotation at this point. I think he's going to give you basically what Domingo Herman would have been giving you, 130, 140 innings pitched, 3.75 ERA. Just much more expensive. He won't be drunk when doing it. Uh, no, you notice I also didn't say he won't try and fight anybody. Cortez, number four as of right now, injured most of the year, five and two record, four point nine seven ERA. I'm always worrisome over shoulder injuries and pitchers of small stature, both of which apply to Nestor Cortez Jr. But again, he's a guy who doesn't rely on a lot of velocity. So if he can come into camp strong and ready to throw 160, 170 innings, and get funky. I think the Yankees have a good shot to get something out of him this year. Clark Schmidt, your number five, nine and nine, four point six four ERA. Uh, you know what you're going to get with Schmidt: some good outings and some Schmitty outings. But it is what it is. Uh, Frankie Baseball says Yankees love nothing more than running it back. I don't think the Yankees are running it back. I mean, you get Soto, you get Verdugo. The, the big problem last year was the offense. Didn't have enough lefties. That's been the problem for multiple years. Didn't get anything out of Stanton. It sounds like they're trying to address those issues the best they can. So I wouldn't say necessarily they are running it back. But call me a pessimist. I don't think it's a championship caliber rotation. I still think there's a trade to be made. But let's not forget the trade deadline. Somebody might step up this year somewhere in the league, and the Yankees go out and get them. We also need to see LeMahieu bounce back says Kathy Casper, and I agree, 100%. So, 
you know, I'm hopeful. I also think that somebody might step up in the in the name of Luis, the real deal heel. Uh, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. Let's not forget how nasty this kid was before he got hurt. 3.78 ERA, 43 strikeouts in 33 career innings. He misses a lot of bats. He throws 100. The question with him has always been the command of the baseball, but hopefully Matt Blake can get him dialed in. Let's take a few voicemails. Let's say get some water. This first one is from a man, Chain. Derek, Chain. Good to, good to talk after a few months being laid off. I'm just wondering, will it be in the first of the year, like April, May, or will it be more like July, August, where Strowman comes off the field a la Jack McDowell flipping the bird to the Yankee fans? Oh, geez. Uh, it'll be great if, if he comes through, but I think our chances are pretty slim of him doing anything for us. I appreciate that, Shane. I appreciate the call. I would be very surprised if Marcus Stroman ever gave the crowd the middle finger. Look, he is abrasive online, but he's not the type of guy to flip off the fans from his home city. He's smarter than that. He's a smart guy. Uh, I think I might be in the minority here, but I actually think Marcus Stroman is going to do a pretty good job with the Yankees this year and have a solid year. But thank you for the call. Next, we got a call about Kurt. Hey there. My name's Elliot Collins from Nashville, Tennessee. Nobody is talking about the Seattle Mariners and their rotation. Now, they have not made a long playoff push in a little while. I would be interested in moving a Glaber Torres and maybe an Austin Wells and a Cabrera or Peraza for one of their frontline starters like a George Kirby who has a league minimum contract and has many years of control. It would definitely be a big price to pay, but I don't think that you're going to pay more than you, than you would pay for like a Corbin Burns for less time and less team control. And I also think that Matt Blake will do really well with Kirby's pitch arsenal. So let me know how you think about a George Kirby or even a Logan Gilbert. Yeah. Don't smoke crack. The Mariners will not trade George Kirby under any circumstances. The main reason is because they're incredibly cheap, and starting pitching is the most expensive asset out there. If you've got young starting pitching and you're even thinking about being a playoff team, you don't trade it. So no chance whatsoever. Not happening. I appreciate the call, but put down the pipe. Uh, This next call is about our man Trevor Bauer. Hi, Derek. You do a fantastic job, and uh, I think the Yankees ought to keep on uh, getting another pitcher, and that pitcher uh, should be none other than uh, Bauer. We can't count on uh, having these other players, these other pitchers out there. And I know we just got uh, Stroman, but uh, I would take a chance on him for the spring training. You know, if he doesn't make, if, if he causes trouble or something, you know, just release him you know it's simple as that all right connection's not great there but trevor bauer still has one court case going on from what he said on wfan and it sounds like until that gets resolved uh teams are staying away from him Uh, i forget who it was i think it was jim bowden uh was on foul territory about a week or two ago and he said that uh, bauer's career is probably over and you know he's a former gm so you got to take that seriously 
Hey, Derek, Happy New Year from your pal, Robbie Barnes, out here in uh, SoCal on the left coast. How you doing, kid? Hey, listen, man, um, I got a really unpopular hot take for you, and I don't know if everyone's going to be pissed off for me saying it, but um, I don't know why we're simping over these pitchers, you know? I, I mean, we have a, a decent rotation already. It's not the best rotation decent. in the world, I'll give you that. But if a guy like Montas gets $16 million and, and Severino, both of whom sucked last year, gets $13 million, what are we doing? I mean, all we're doing really is we'd be we'd be decreasing our chance to re-sign Juan Soto, which we all know we need him for the long haul. You know what I'm saying? He's got to be a Yankee for life, brother. He's going to the Hall of Fame with pinstripes on, along with his tally on Judge. So that's all I got to say, man. Uh, you guys uh, have a great day. God bless you all. And, Appreciate uh, it, Robbie. You know, take care. Thanks for playing my message, man. You have a good one now. Robbie does have a point. Uh, The best way to get cheap pitching is to develop it yourself. Clark Schmidt is in the rotation. He was a Yankees draft pick. I think he was – I don't know if he was a first-round draft pick. I think he was one of those in-between-round draft picks. I I could be wrong on that. Nestor Cortez, a guy they got off the scrap heap, and he's cheap and pretty good pitcher when he's healthy. But you need more. My hope is that Luis Heal can be that guy. I've always liked what I've seen from Heal. He's got the prototypical pitcher's frame. Let me turn on my Do Not Disturb because people keep texting me and it's causing sounds that I don't want to be on the podcast. So, um, by the way, to my friends who listen to this, do not text me if you see me giving a fucking show. I'm obviously not going to answer. Jesus. Anyway, um, let's let's take another voicemail. Yeah, my name is Damon, Damon Lane. I'm calling because I want to let you guys know that the Yankees should have picked up Cody Bellinger. Regardless, they picked up Soto. We need Bellinger. Well, there was a report today that Anthony Rizzo has been 100% cleared, as I mentioned earlier. And I think that's all the Yankees needed to hear to avoid signing Bellinger. We know that the outfield is jam-packed with Verdugo, Soto, Dominguez, Judge, and Stanton all needing at-bats. So the only logical place for Bellinger to play would have been first base if Rizzo couldn't be counted on. But since he's been cleared, I think the Yankees are going to roll the dice on Rizzo. Hey, Derek. I had some interesting thoughts about the 2024 season. figured I'd share them with you. So first of all, we have three true elite players on our team, Cole, Judge, and Soto. And the interesting thing about Soto is uh, he's someone that Yankee fans have always wanted. And uh, imagine if we made a push to get a fourth elite player, someone that nature that Yankee fans have always wanted them. The perfect example would be Bryce Harper. I know the chances of that happening would be almost zero because the Phillies are going to be in it this year and they're going to be making a, a World Series push. But if something crazy happened and he became available, he should be like a really good player that the Yankees should try to go after this year to really make a huge, crazy move. Don't smoke crack. This next one's about Glaber Torres. Hey, Derek, it's Eddie, a uh, longtime Yankee fan down here in Florida, following the Yankees since 1960. All right. I don't think they should trade Glaber Torres because they're not going to find a second baseman that can hit for average, hit for power. There just isn't any. And any of these kids they got, they're not going to play second base and put up those kinds of numbers. And the Yankees are going to have to outmuscle a lot of teams, even if they get a, another good pitcher. Their strength is going to be how, how much they can score, their offense. Right? So they got to keep Torres. I'd keep Torres. I'd give him a new contract and everything. Because you're not, where are you going to get a second baseman that's going to bat 272, you know, whatever, and hit 25 homers? Yeah. You're not going to. You know, you're going to lose in that position. So. I appreciate the call. I appreciate the call. 
you know, I'm with you. I think Labor Torres is going to have a big year. It's a contract year. He's had two good power years in a row. He was hitting absolute bombs at the end of last season. Go back and watch his highlights from that Detroit series. Seemed like he was hitting about 450-foot home runs every few at-bats. Anyway, I'm very high on Gleyber Torres this year, who cut his strikeouts under 100 last season. Nice job. This next one's from Nick in Vegas. Hey, Derek, this is Nick from Las Vegas. I was just watching your video tonight about uh, Marcus Stroman and when you were talking about the blackouts with, with watching the games. Now, listen to this. Because I live in Las Vegas, I'm blacked out from San Francisco Giant games, Oakland A games, and L.A. Dodger games. And the only reason why I get the L.A. Angels is because there's a regional sports channel that I could uh, that I pay for. Now, I'm blacked out on those three teams, and there's not even a channel that I could buy That's with, my, with, with my cable provider to be able to watch them. So I, I definitely feel you on the, uh, the blackouts, and I just hope that they can, you know, fix this somehow, because if they want to grow the game, isn't the first step putting it on TV so people can watch? All right, man, thanks. Nick, thank you so much. Um, it's a shame that blackouts still exist. They're a product of regional audiences and trying to get them to come out to the game rather than watch it on TV. It's kind of a relic from a time before everybody had devices that stream media in all of our pockets. You should be able to buy every game for every team or a package of every game for a single team. No blackouts, no questions asked. You should be able to do that. I don't think it's ever going to happen. By the way, I use a VPN to watch when I'm blacked out. It's only about 10 bucks a month. 60 bucks throughout the year obviously uh, sucks uh, if you have it all season long, but you know, it's better than nothing. Final call of the night. What's up, Derek? This is Louis Penafield calling. Louis. I was just calling to wonder about what's going with, on with uh, Tim Anderson. He's a free agent. He hasn't been signed yet. And the Yankees need a – they don't have a legitimate leadoff hitter. And, you know, we, he can sign – we could sign him to a, a team-friendly contract in one year just to prove himself, right? Because he's came off of – you know, he's off of a – he had an off year. He got, I guess, beat up. <laughs> he's probably still recovering. All right. I'm going to stop you right there. Tim Anderson had a very bad year last year. Uh, he's got nowhere to play. He had a minus 2.0 war. And so that means he was about two wins worse than someone who's a replacement player, somebody like Tyler Wade or you know one, somebody of that ilk. Uh, he also hit 245 with only one home run, so he's not the same hitter that he used to be. He's not a good, very, very good boxer either. He was 0-1 with one knockout. What's your excuse? Sir, excuse for what, sir? I'm asking the f***ing questions here. All right, let's take a few uh, questions, comments, wrap it up. Do to you fair Spanish ladies. I gotta get out of here. I love podcasting. It's so much fun. I love my audience. You guys are the best. You gotta go, you gotta go. Benjamin says $129.99 for MLB. Game over, man. Game over. At bat or extra innings, whatever it is. And uh, can't watch any Red Sox games because he's in Vermont. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> Frankie with the great question says, what goes through people's mind when they get high and think, I'm going to call into Derek's show? Uh, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Zion Astana says, terrible head case of a player, and Raiden, Raiden Burst hits it right on the head, says he's like a combination of John uh, of uh, Josh Donaldson and Verdugo. All right, guys, we're going to call it a night. I have not eaten all day. I've been fasting all day because I woke up and my stomach was just awful. And so I wasn't sure this podcast was even going to happen tonight, but feeling much better. So I'm going to go get myself a sandwich or make some meatballs or something like that. So I'm going to call it a night. I'll see you next time. Oh!